0: Lord, if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 2. We're making our way through the book of Mark. I love preaching through books, and we love to let the book preach, amen? amen. Some preachers get up and they never refer back to the text. They never even have a text. They have a pretext and a poem and a joke, and that's it. Well, we preach the Bible around here, and it's nothing uh, that I could say that could change your life, but there's everything the Bible says can change your life, Amen. Right. Well, our total so far is $96,370. Amen? And uh, we'll pass 100000 tonight because we'll hear from our missionaries. And that's only $69.80 a week. And that'll be uh, over $100,000 that we'll give to missions. And I believe we need to take on some more missionaries. Amen? All of them that came. And I'd love for us to take on Miss Westco for about a year and help her as she's going to be trying to rebuild her life with eight children amen you say well she's not a missionary yes she is because in her heart she was there amen she had to come back because the devil's trying to knock her out but praise god the lord's meant it for good so y'all y'all think about adding her to the list amen and uh anybody else y'all want to add to the list they'll have to come by and, and give their uh presentation she won't have to all right mark chapter two i love this chapter and it's something like that was a great song brother travis and ladies um I almost call them the Trumbull Trio, but one of them's not a trumble. Amen. Uh, we'll call them something. Amen. But, you know, just call them to supper. They'll be all right. But anyway, uh, uh, you know, I really believe this, is that God, God has a theme of every chapter. And I believe this one is because of these Pharisees and these scribes that are questioning Him healing this man and saying that He is the Son of Man, which I went over last Sunday morning in depth of every time He mentioned the Son of Man describing Himself in the book of Mark, but then they argue again when Matthew had a feast. You know, I know that Matthew was a Baptist. You know why? He had a supper. Amen. He invited everybody to come to the supper. You know, Baptists, they have suppers all the time. Amen. And that's why I'm uh, not slim, uh, skinny Kenny anymore. I'm fat Wayne. But I'm going to tell you this, friend. Uh, I enjoy those fellowships. But one of the reasons I enjoy fellowships is sinners come and we can get them saved. Amen. And so Matthew's feast is a good way of getting people saved. And all of you said, hey, man, I can do that. I don't want to fast. I want to have some feast." And anyway, the Pharisees began to uh, question him there and say, why are you sitting with a a bunch of sinners and you're having a good time? Why don't you fast? And so he gives three illustrations of who he is. First of all, he's a physician. And he said, praise God, I've come to heal those that are are sick and uh, the well don't need a physician, but the sick need a physician he's talking about sinners and that he could go to Matthew's feast and reach souls amen and have a good time doing it and then last Sunday night I preached on the joy of the Lord and uh, that's the bridegroom and he was saying uh, listen we're the bride I'm the bridegroom you're the bride we ought to be happy y'all fast after I leave and uh, be mournful but I want to tell you something what he was really rebuking was religion I want to tell you what religion will do it'll make you miserable because I want to tell you something, religion is man-made and it's man trying to get to God instead of you worshiping the God that came to man. Amen. Come on now. Y'all pray for Brother Jeremy. Uh, he's up in New York preaching to the New Yorkers. Amen. And he won't need an interpreter. I'd have to have an interpreter because they don't know hillbilly. But anyway, uh, pray for him. Amen. And, uh, you know, and, and so we see the bridegroom ought to be a joyful. There ought to be a joyfulness and not a sadness of Phariseeism and religion. You want to get a person miserable just give him a bunch of commandments he can't keep and condemn him for it and a bunch of rituals and a bunch of shadows and a bunch of, of 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 things that do have not have any substance at all read the book of hebrews and you'll see some miserable people because they're religionists they're not born again and so friend i want to tell you something no matter what you're going through and i thank god for stephanie westco's uh, letter that i received this morning about how thankful she was for many things. She was quoting a song that they sang. All the the, uh, kids are accomplished musicians, and he was an accomplished musician, played five five, uh, instruments, and uh, was a teacher and a tuner of a piano, and he was just a tremendous musician. But this song was about thankful for everything, thankful for the bad times, thankful for the good things, thankful for God. And, folks, that ought to be what we ought to be joyful about is the will of God. Amen, And yielding to God and serving God. I think we ought to serve God not because we have to, but because we want to. And folks, it ought to be all out of commitment, but the joy of celebration should be the normal experience of the believer. That's the bridegroom. Now we're coming to the garments and the wineskin. You know why I'm glad I preach through books? I'd probably never take this as a text because this is is, um, not the most exciting part of the Word of God, but it is if you'll look at it. In context, he's rebuking religion. He's rebuking religion. These man made rules will get you in trouble. What you need is the Word of God. Amen. Now, I believe in standards, I believe in separation. But, folks, there's some people add to the Word of God in such a way that people are miserable. You know, if I was a priest, I'd be miserable. You know why I'd be miserable? I could never wear that collar backwards. My word, I, I don't even button my top button. No. I like being married. Amen. Say amen right there. And you find anywhere in the Bible where you say a man of God can't be married, and I'll i I'll take this Bible and eat it. Amen. I really will. Now I know Apostle Paul never got married, but praise God he would if he'd found the right Mrs. Paul. I guarantee you that. I I I, I like marriage. Amen. Need to pray for one of our missionaries who came off the field this week because of their marriage. He's coming home to try to get saved as marriage. That's the right thing to do. But I want to tell you something, the devil's attacking marriages. Tack in your marriage and Folks you, if there ever be, ought to be a place Where you ought to be happy, happiest in your marriage Say amen bridegroom Have you ever seen a sad Ugly bride come down an aisle Well I, let me think Well One was, one was close but anyway No uh, that's why they have those veils Amen praise God uh, Now they're always Beautiful and they, you know and, 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 the, and, the, and the bridegroom's always Smiling like a Possum looking at headlights, amen? You know? <laughs> Especially if they kept themselves, amen, looking forward to the honeymoon. Say amen right there. That's not crass. That's not off-color. Praise God, you ought to keep yourself. All this dating crowd of premarital sex, that's wicked. That's wicked. That's why you get you. That's why you get with the wrong person, because of sensual lust. Come on now. You won't find that in sex education 105. Amen. But folks, what have joy, like we're... Like we're part of the bride, which we are, and he's the bridegroom, and he's coming soon. So, folks, where's all the joy gone? The joy of the Lord is your strength. And that's the last, that's the last two sermons I'll preach again tonight on it. But then I see fulfillment. We got we got forgiveness in the first uh, twelve verses. We have we have um, uh, 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 fulfillment in the next verses, and that now we're having freedom. Forgiveness, and then fulfillment, and now uh, freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from the law. Freedom from keeping religious regulations. And folks, we're free in the will of God. and You ought to be happy in the will of God. You're free to serve God. So let's stay in all the Word of God. We'll start with verse 21, Mark chapter 2. It's a long introduction, but I had to catch some of you up because you haven't been here. And I'm glad you're back verse 21 no man also seweth a piece of new cloth on an old garment now, he's given a parable for a reason because here's these pharisees saying what are you doing sitting with a bunch of sinners at matthew's feast what are you doing calling yourself the son of man i'll tell you why he's calling himself the son of man he is the son of man and so he he goes on and says the new piece that listen to this no man soweth a piece of new cloth and on an old garment, else the new piece that uh, that filled it up taketh away from the old, and the rent and rent is made worse. And no man put his new wine into an old bottle, else the new wine does burst in the bottles, and the wine is spilled, and the bottom will be marred. But new wine must be put into new bottles. And it came to pass, on purpose, God's will. That he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day. And his disciples began as they went, went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? And he said unto them, Have ye never read what David did? When he had need, he was a hunger. I mean, he was real hungry. And his men, and he that they were with him And he went into the house of God in the days of Abathar And the high priest and did eat the showbread The showbread Which is not lawful to eat But for the priests And he gave also to them which were with him His soldiers And he said to them The Sabbath was made for man And not man for the Sabbath and Therefore the Son of Man is, is Lord also of the Sabbath and he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man that which had with, with a withered hand. And they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he said unto the man which had the withered hand, Stand forth. And he said to them, It is lawful to do good on the Sabbath day or to do evil, to save life or to, or to kill. But they held their peace. And when he had looked around about on them, with anger being grieved for the hardness of their heart he said unto the man stretch forth thy hand and he stretched it out and his hand was restored whole as the other and the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians the politicians against him how they might destroy him but Jesus withdrew himself from his disciples to the sea and a great multitude from Galilee followed him and from Judea we'll stop right there and pray you may be seated as I pray father thank you for in context Lord we see the big picture that religion is sad but a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is a wonderful thing a happy experience being a bride being Lord a patient that's healed eternally from the plight of sin Lord thank you dear God that we don't have to patch up your relationship with religion we don't have to add the old with the new but God you came to make all things new so Lord help us to worship in spirit and truth and we'll thank you in Jesus name amen you know the most fulfilling part of your life should be Christ Jesus it shouldn't be sports it shouldn't be your money it shouldn't be your attainment or your your things the most fulfilling part of your life ought to be your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ And folks, I want to tell you something. First of all, verse 1 through 12, you're forgiven. Second of all, you ought to be fulfilled knowing that you're part of the family of God and that you no longer have to measure up, but that he measured down and became the son of man to die in your place. And thank God for fulfillment of joy and peace and purpose, the relationship of knowing that he is a great, great bridegroom, that he'll never let you down, He will never divorce you. That's an ugly word around here. But he'll never divorce you. He'll never disown you. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you straight. You use that word divorce all the time in your marriage. And you use that as a little hang it over the mate's life. You need to get right with God. You don't need to threaten your mate with walking out. But what you need to do is walk in with God. And you need to have the love that's unconditional. You need to have a love that's committed. Because I want to tell you something. That love pictures Jesus' love. Amen. Hey, folks, Jesus loved us. And husbands, love your wife, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And wives, submit to yourself as the church submits to Christ. That's love. Say amen. It's a great relationship being saved. Amen. It's not some religion that you have to come here and do uh, seven Hail Marys and 14 uh, uh, penances and then go away sadder than you came in this place. God, help you. If I had to go through that this morning, I wouldn't come. I'm coming to worship the Lord. Say amen. It's wonderful. And I see that the garments and the wineskin is a great illustration that you can't add the old to the new. See, I believe Jesus taught two important lessons about this ministry, his ministry. Uh, He came to save sinners. Say amen. Not call religionists. And not to pamper them. And not to console them. And not to compromise with them. He came to bring gladness, not sadness. Third, the lesson, I believe, is He came to introduce the new, not to patch up the old. The religious leaders were impressed with the Lord's teaching. They were more impressed with His healing and the miracles. And so what they wanted to do is they wanted to compromise and say, "Let's, uh, Let's make an agreement. Let's keep our laws, Judaism, But let's have Christ also. And folks, I want to tell you something. We're an inclusive group. We're saved by grace, plus nothing, minus nothing. Say amen. We don't mix law with grace. Thank God law was fulfilled by grace. And folks, listen, tradition won't get it done. Religion won't get it done. There's a lot of people that are religious but lost. Religious but lost. There's a lot of Baptists that are religious but lost. You must be born again. And folks, if you're born again, there's an evidence. You love the brethren. You have the joy of the Lord. Praise God, you don't sin habitually. Sin's an exception, not a profession. Say amen. Abraham lied, but he wasn't a liar. Say amen, or I'd say Abraham was lost. Amen. Peter cussed, but he wasn't a cursor. Sounds like something on a computer. A cusser. Amen. It wasn't habitual. Noah got drunk, but he wasn't a drunkard. Say amen. I talked to a young man in his driveway yesterday. He said, I'm an alcoholic. I said, you don't have to be. I said, are you saved? He said, well, you baptized me when I was six years old. I said, are you saved? He says, yes, I know I'm saved. I said, well, you can have victory over that junk. Amen. Praise God. Say amen. And folks, that's what the joy of the Lord is, our victory, our strength. Folks, you ought to be joyful because you pass from death into life. All things become new, say man. And folks, he said, listen, no man soweth a piece of, on a new cloth, uh, on an old garment, else the piece that was filled would ta- be taken away from the old and rent and made worse. He said, listen, you don't patch up an old wineskin uh, bag that holds wine with an uh, with a, with, with a unshrunk piece of material. Because it'll ruin the new garment. Because the old garment would wash, the patch would shrink and rip away, and that garment would, would be too. And folks, he was saying, listen, don't mix the old with the new. Just don't mix law with grace. Praise God, it was fulfilled in Christ. The whole book of Matthew, Matthew just got saved, just had a feast. But his whole theme of his book was fulfillment, fulfillment. Christ fulfills all the law. Amen. He, is, he doesn't do, do away with it. I still believe we ought to keep the Ten Commandments, but you won't. You'll break one of them. Say amen. And I want to tell you something, friend. It teaches you you're a sinner. And, folks, that's a great place to be because when you confess you're a sinner, then you can get saved. Amen. Amen. So Jesus would establish a new covenant in his blood. We take the Lord's Supper tonight, Luke chapter 22. says this is my blood, the new covenant of my blood. It's a new covenant. Law would be written on human hearts, not in stone, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And the dwelling spirit of God would enable people to fulfill all righteousness, uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 1. Folks, what I'm saying is this, and what Jesus is saying through this illustration about the wineskin is you don't mix uh, religion with grace. You don't get saved, Pharisees, by keeping your little laws and even the ones you added to the law. And so he is there feasting with Uh, Sinners And maybe smiling And have a good time Making Christianity attractive And here's the Pharisees Say hey listen You ought to be sad like us Won't you fast Can you believe the nerve Of those jaybirds To look at Jesus And say he ought to be sad Folks it's sad When you mix religion With a relationship But because of your relationship You ought to be religious Say amen you ought to read your Bible when you feel like it or not. Amen. You ought to go to church when you feel like it or not. And here it is. Brother Jack, you brought this up. You ought to go soul winning and hand out tracts where you feel like it or not. And the flesh will always war against it. I'm glad for your honesty this morning. The flesh will always war against something spiritual. But once you start and the Spirit of God kicks in and you yield to it, it's just plain fun. Amen. Those teenagers are so excited about going out and seeing little kids that, don't have a mom and daddy he will take them to church. They were so excited about it. I'll tell you something that's good therapy for your children. They're going to worry themselves to death by trying to get ahead in school when they ought to just be servants of God and get lost in, in serving Christ and getting lost in other people's needs and stop worrying about themselves. Amen. Number one killer for teenagers is suicide. And probably heart conditions today because there's so much stress. They'll become a servant of the living God. They'll forget themselves. Say amen. I'll train your children to serve God out of joy, not obligation, not out of the law, but out of love. Folks, listen. Don't mix the old with the new. There is no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. Amen. It's kind of exclusive, isn't it? Salvation is not a partial patching up of one's life. It's a whole new robe of righteousness. (laughs) Amen. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21 He became sin who knew no sin That you might be made the righteousness of God in him In Christ You can be right with God The Christian life is not a mixing of the old and new Rather it's the fulfillment of the old And all things become new Don't patch the wine skin Jesus fulfilled every prophecy And every type of himself And every demand of the law And the law ended at Calvary With the perfect sacrifice. I'm talking about the offerings, Hebrews 8, 9, and 10. The shadows, the temple worship, all the things, the priesthood. Folks, he is the high priest and called no man father but God. Don't kiss nobody else's toe. Bow before God and kiss him with joy and holiness and love. Say amen. Folks, listen, I'm not a celebrity up here and I'm not a priest or a pope, tater or a prime minister or a ruler. I'm a servant of God preaching the word of God. Pointing to the real king of kings and the Lord of lords. This pomp and circumstance stuff, this all this robe and all this this glamour and all this stuff trying to get people to bow down before you. That's man-made worship. You say, I don't know why you're so riled up. Go to a third world country and see what they do. They put Jesus in the casket and put Mary up on the wall glorified. They pay their last cent in a confessional booth to try to get right with God. They walk out just as miserable as they walked in. I've been there, I've seen it. It's sad. Don't patch the the new with the old preaching for grace this morning preaching about grace and I'm also rebuking man-made religion and man-made rules that you try to measure up to that you can't measure up to And people go through the motions It's dead as a hammer you ever been to one of those dead services you can't even understand the language Lord God if I can't understand what the guy's preaching I don't want to be there say amen you can't even understand the language Come on, ex-Catholic, you know about it, brother Mark. He was raised that way. You can't understand what's going on, but you see that guy walk out, buddy, and he is the he is the high priest. No, he ain't the high priest. It's man-made religion. You see, I don't like that. Listen, I, I didn't. I, I'm not coming here. I'm not running for office Tuesday. By the way, if, if you don't vote, you ain't got a right to gripe. That's right. Amen. You got to vote and pray. Don't don't get me there now. I'll, get, I'll make the rest of you mad. But I want to tell you something, folks. You ought to vote biblically. You ought to vote for you ought to vote for life. I didn't t- I didn't name one candidate, did I? But you better look at the platform and see if it's from hell or heaven, man-made or God-endorsed. You're gonna to answer to God how you vote. Don't you vote for your own agenda and on your own little self appleasement and for your unemployment benefits? You vote with God. God will take care of you. What's that got to do with anything? The Pharisees went to the Herodians, tried to get them against Jesus. And the politicians rose up against Jesus to crucify him because the Pharisees didn't like being rebuked for patching the new with the old. He said, don't put the patch on the wine. And then he said, well, I think I need to make a a, bit more blunt point and so the, they go through a cornfield this is lessons learned in a cornfield amen I've been called brother cornfield before amen <laughs> please don't call me that just call me to supper don't call me cornfield and uh, you know they're going through this cornfield and they're very hungry I mean very hungry they're disciples without a home and it came to pass that he went through the cornfield on the Sabbath day, don't you don't you love how God sets up lessons to rebuke religion? Say amen. Come on now, they're going through the Sabbath day, and his disciples began as they as they went to pluck the ears of corn. He says, "Man, I'm hungry." Roll it, Had popcorn. Amen. I don't know what they had. Amen. But look at look at verse 24. And the Pharisees said to him, "So y'all don't believe in smiling in church? I'm sorry." And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do, they, why do they do on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? I'll prove to you it was lawful. Very lawful. It's in the Bible that they could do that and the way they should do it. And he said unto them, Have ye never read that David did what he needed a hungry and he and they all were with him and how he went to the house of God in the days of Abathar and the high priest and he did eat the showbread which is Not lawful to eat, but for the priests. And he gave unto them which were with them. And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man. Not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. I can't understand all these doctors going on the Sabbath to church. Helen White is a prophetess. Starts the Seventh-day Adventist movement. And folks, they're trying to mix law with grace. Can't understand that Some of the best doctors I know are seven day Venice. I'll still go to them, praise God But I'm just saying Why don't you worship on the first day of the week The resurrection Amen We celebrate the resurrection But we're going to patch the wineskin with the old Start our own thing The law's most perfect sacrifice was Calvary I'm talking about freedom this morning I'm talking about freedom in the will of God, not freedom to do what you want to do, but freedom to do what God wants you to do. That is joy, and that is freedom. You're not free just to live like you want to, liberal, contemporary. You're not free just to live it up because you don't feel condemned about it. Folks, you're free to be in the will of God and to be separated into Him and be holy and righteous to God, not to man. Folks, let's don't drop all our standards and throw the baby out with the wash. The Sabbath was cherished by the Jews as a sacred institution. God gave the people of Israel the Sabbath after they came out of Egypt. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 through 11. He gave the Sabbath to the Jews to rest. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 14. Read that sometime. But I see the contention. The cause of the contention is found in verse 23. They going th- they're, they're hungry. They're just hungry. And they see a field and they pluck an ear of corn and they, and they eat some nourishment. The condemnation is found in verse 24. The Pharisee says, Why are you doing that on the Sabbath? That is unlawful. It wasn't God's law, it was their law. They added to the law. When men start putting out a bunch of laws, usually they want to control you. And that's almost cultic. Come on, say amen. Listen, I'll tell you, we got standards here for leadership, and I don't compromise them. And I've lost a lot of people over that. Because I would not compromise that a Sunday school teacher ought to set an example. But folks, that's not a law of law, it's a law of love. Because you love your example, and you love to be effective. Say Amen. And you love God. And folks, the causelessness of this, of this condemnation, verse 24, he said, it's not lawful. Then the cruelty of it was it didn't matter how hungry they were, we're going to keep our law if all these disciples die and faint and go, go and starve. That's cruel. Then we see the countering of this law in verse 25. He said, hey, remember David? He was hungry and there was an emergency. He went into the temple, he got the showbread, and he started eating the showbread. That would be like somebody coming in here and started eating the Lord's supper because they were so hungry. i am say if they're that hungry, we'll go get some more. Say amen. It's so not like Brother Tony Howlett one time. He went back there to look for the uh, bread and it wasn't there, and he was he panicked and he put he found some wheat thins and put them in the put them in the communion plate. I didn't know it. We were serving. Everybody started frowning. and you know, what is wrong with this unleavened bread? We were serving Trisket wheat thins for the Lord's Supper. I told Brother Tony, I said, you ever do that again? I'm going to fire you on the spot. He said, well, that's all I had back there. I said, okay, we'll just, we'll just see if we can survive this. They'll probably fire both of us. I think we're trisket, wheat thin Christianity. Amen. It'd be like somebody hungry saying, hey, listen, I'm hungry. Can I have your Welch's grape juice back there? I'm starving. Sure, they can. We'll go get some more. But David was hungry. And so the purpose of the Sabbath is found. And, folks, I want to tell you this right now. Moses prohibited work on the Sabbath, but he did not give the specific laws that the Pharisees added to it. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 10, he says, You ought to keep the Sabbath. It was wrong to kindle a fire for cooking. On the Sabbath, it's wrong to gather fuel. Numbers fifteen, verse thirty-two. On the Sabbath, it was it was wrong to carry a burden on the Sabbath, or transacts a business. Oh boy, there goes Walmart. Uh, transact a business on the Sabbath. Now if you're going to be Sabbath keepers and go to go worship on Saturday morning, you ought not go to Walmart on Saturday either. Saturday, that's Sabbath. Don't we'll call Sunday Sabbath. We're not Sabbath keepers. We're Resurrection. Celebrators, amen But the Jewish tradition went into great detail And even informed the people How far they could travel Nowhere in the word of God It says you can only go 200 feet, cubits 200 cubits Based on Joshua 3, 4 And in short the Sabbath day Had become a crushing burden A symbol of galling religious bondage That had captured the nation So after the healing of the man at At the pool of Bethesda our Lord's next act was Sabbath defiance. Thank God for the Lord. He said, okay, y'all didn't get the point about the wineskin. We're going through this cornfield, boys, and help yourself. And those Pharisees, I can see them now. You ever seen a Pharisee? They look like this. They're looking at you. you know, they're, they're looking for you to trip up. Amen. Like a lot of independent fundamental King Tankers Baptists. Amen. I'm looking at you just to trip up. I'm going to find some fault if I can. They went through that cornfield And they picked that corn And folks I want to tell you something It was not illegal For a hungry person to take some Of a neighbor's grain Turn to Deuteronomy 23 I want you to look at verse 24 and 25 Providing That they did not do two things It was okay Deuteronomy Y'all interested in this say amen Look at this, Deuteronomy chapter 23. I want you to look at verse 24. do Don't you to love the word of God, say amen. amen. And when thou comest into thy neighbor's vineyard, that's a field, isn't it? Amen. Deuteronomy 23, come on now, be with me. Love to hear those Bibles turning. You know, that's why I don't put the verses on the wall, because you'd never turn in your Bible, because you're lazy, you'd look at it on the wall. Come on. Because I do the same thing in Sunday school. <laughs> Amen. I told Cuddy, I said, hey, turn in there. It's right there. Amen. Praise God. I want you to turn there. and Mark it. Now, Sunday school teachers, don't throw your projector in the garbage. It's not the law. It says, and, and, and then, it says, I made these grapes. I fill in thine own pleasure. But thou shalt not put any in a vessel. You know what he's saying? It's hard to pick the corn, boys. Just don't bag it up. Amen. But look at this also, he said, and when thou comest into the standing corn of a neighbor. Isn't this great? I mean, Jesus got scripture on his side. He said, then thou mayest pluck the ears with thy hand, but thou shalt not move a sickle into thy neighbor's standing corn. You know what I'm saying? Don't bring any implement of harvesting. Just get all you can eat. Say amen, but don't bring no sickle. Don't bring a harvester. Don't bring a John Deere with you. <laughs> That's a little too much, boys. Just pick what you want and eat it because you're hungry, and the Bible backs me up in saying it. But the Pharisees said, Oh, no. It's a Sabbath. And I want to tell you something, friend. God was surely more concerned about meeting the needs of a people than protecting religious tradition. The Pharisees had their priorities. It's not the do's and don'ts, it's that we love Jesus that counts. And if you love Jesus, you ought to be doing and you ought to be don't. You ought not be like the world, or act like the world, or love the world, or the lust thereof. But you don't do it because you've got these 3,900 commandments. I think they got 3,900 commandments. That some man-made religion added to the Bible. And you're not going to be, you know, acceptable. And the only way you can uh, get out of that is uh, it's a venial or mortal sin. If you don't do our rules, it's a mortal sin. And and you're going to go to purgatory if you don't. And so you pay your way out. You pay your way out. Some of y'all criticize faith promise giving. We ain't never paid anybody out of purgatory here and never will. Say amen. We've never had to give penance to get things right because we broke 39 laws. We just ask you by faith to support a missionary. Say amen. Because you love God. And if you don't want to do it, don't do it. But you'll wish you had because God really wants to bless you. He'll give you a cornfield on purpose. <laughs> amen. Handful on purpose. Just don't bring your John Deere with you. I'm going to close because my time's up. And I put it on myself because I know y'all can't listen over 45 minutes. Because I can't listen over 30. I guess because we get hungry. But I want you to look at chapter 3. And so he says, I'll go to the synagogue. There's the Pharisees again. Here they come. I mean, they're sneaking up on the, here they are. They're watching. Oh, we're going in the synagogue now. Went through the cornfield. Here we are in the synagogue. There's a man that needs to be healed. Let's see what he does, boys. Come on. Let's catch him defying and breaking our man-made rules. Listen to this. And they watched him whether he would heal on the Sabbath day. And they might accuse him. And he said unto the man which had the withered hand, stand forth. And he said to them, Is it lawful to do good on the And he said to them, Them who? The Pharisee. He's talking, he's talking to them. He knows what they're thinking. He knows what you're thinking too, by the way. He said, And he said to them, it is, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or do evil? To save life or to kill? But they held their peace. As far as I know, They never answered the question. Why? Because they had no answer. Folks, it's lawful to do good for God any day you pick. It's all. It's lawful. You go soul winning every day you want to go. Praise God, friend. This ain't no church of rules and regulations. And making you feel bad. I've already offended some of you for calling out your faithfulness. But I want to tell you this, friend. That's not the point. The point is you're faithful because you love God. You're faithful because you assumed the responsibility. And that's an awesome responsibility to be a leader in the house of God. And I'm going to tell you this and I'm going to tell you straight. They asked a good question. He asked a good question, and I believe we need to answer it because the Pharisees didn't have the courage to answer it. They had no answer. But the answer is, anytime God gives you an opportunity to touch and be a blessing to someone, go after it. Wednesday night I preached on Let It Go, Let It Go, Let It Go. Some of you frozen people started singing right in the pews. God help you. I'm talking about forgiveness and bitterness. But I want to tell you something, friend. What we need to do is not try to patch new wineskins or old wineskins with new. Not to try to mix law and grace. Not just try to be religious. Stop! Stop trying to keep your rules and Praise God, let him be the ruler. And let him overrule your life. And die to self. And be filled with the Holy Ghost. And let him be who he is through you. And I'm going to tell you something, friend. You'll be forgiven. You'll be fulfilled. And you'll have freedom in the will of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this unusual message. I don't know if I've ever preached like this before. But Lord, I know it's the Word of God. And I know, dear God, your underlying principles are always true forgiveness, fulfillment, and freedom in your will, for your glory, because we love you. Lord, thank you that we're not going through some Baptist religion this morning of trying to measure up and not do a Everything that's in a book somewhere, but God, we're trying just to be like you. And Lord, we're just trying to die to ourselves daily. And we're thankful that you are the fulfillment of life in your precious will. Lord, help us to be set free this morning in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit and to know the truth. And the truth will set us free. Lord, I pray for people that are in bondage of cults. That they have a man-made leader. They have a hierarchy of leadership. They have rules and regulations that's nowhere near the Bible. And there's a man in control. And there's a hierarchy of people in control. God, deliver them from that vain religion. The emptiness of trying to measure up. And may they get saved by the grace of God.